MindWell, hosted by Michelle Jones. We are all about connecting with wellness professionals and individuals with unique perspectives about developing wholeness and well-being. This podcast is designed to help you reconnect to your core self and find the resiliency, capability, and strength you already have within. MindWell is sponsored by IntegrateTrauma.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of MindWell. On this podcast, we interview people who have remarkable perspectives on the power of making mindful connections. I'm your host, Michelle Jones, and I am excited to have here with me today, Julie Gustafson. Julie is one of my partners and a trauma integration practitioner. And to make it even more exciting, she was part of the team that helped me to process my own trauma responses. She is authentic and generous, and she has a gift for seeing the light in her clients and understanding where they are coming from and what they need. Welcome, Julie. I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know you. Thank you, Michelle. Aren't you excited to be here? I'm very excited to I'm be here. I'm super excited for you to be here. Yes. We get to talk all the time and no one ever records us, but this will be our time. I feel like this is our moment to shine, so yes. let's do it. So let's get started. First, I want for you to introduce yourself. Tell our listeners a little bit more about you and tell us about the journey that brought you to the work that you do today. Okay. Well, I feel like, first of all, I want, if I'm introducing myself, my my old self to today, <laughs> we're starting way yeah. back. I was the fun one to be around. I made everyone happy. I was not contentious. I probably never said anything that would cause contention or anyone to feel cringy or my kids like to use that word cringy. Yes. Or uh, just off when they're around me. I, I made a point to make sure that everyone was uh, very happy and secure in my presence. Pat on the back to me all right. those years. Got married, married the love of my life. He, We have an incredible relationship. I love him so very much. He is truly my best friend. We are that annoying couple. It is super adorable. Yeah. I, I actually love it so much. Yeah, he, he's he's pretty much a rock star for me. Uh, makes me very happy. Completes me. There you go. Anyway, I found myself, obviously I had many experiences along the way in my life, but I found myself... I don't know, maybe eight or 10 years ago now, eight years ago. No, it's been longer than that, where I was having all these physical issues that no one could explain. So I had uh, my blood work was showing that I was like a chemo patient, but by the looks of me, I looked totally fine and healthy. They could never explain what was going on with everything going on with me. Um, I would feel like the the floor would drop out from under me, just like these weird little things like that started happening all the time. And I was a pretty fearless person. I was a person who loved to just embrace life. And I, you know, wasn't afraid to, to jump out there and, and do things. But things began to get worse. And, you know, after uh, several years with this medical mystery um, and them thinking I had cancer or lupus, they weren't sure what it was. I had two bone marrow tests. And I was just that person that every time they come in and say, well, we don't know. Here's what the tests say. Here's how you're feeling, but we don't know. Little, Almost like it didn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, not at all. And yeah. so um, generally, I think in my life, I could control many things, right? Or at least I thought I could. So 
Um, here, I find myself in a position where my body is not listening to me, and I have no idea what my body's doing, which created anxiety. For sure. <laughs> so enter anxiety. And through a lot of medical testing, I had a panic attack um, in an MRI machine. I'm sure that there's more than just me that that's happened to. Um, so all of a sudden introduced into my life is now something completely unexpected that uh, really threw me for a loop. Very, very scary. And since my whole life, I just was really good at masking with um, life, joy and yeah. busyness and whatever, right? I thought, oh, I can just stick that down here too. And I did a pretty good job. If you knew me back then, you wouldn't know that I had crazy anxiety and everything I was going through. Didn't share it with anyone. So. Anyway, ended up in a full mental breakdown, long story short. <laughs> and yeah, so, of course. Um, and, you know, like I'll say that sometimes and like, what does that mean? Um, for me, what a mental breakdown was, was I, it actually started with vertigo. And after two weeks of spinning, I feel like I kind of like lost my mind, right? Like I couldn't focus. I couldn't like pull myself together. I couldn't drive. I couldn't. Well, driving was a huge thing. Um, it, it was scary just taking my kids to school. I had to plan like where I was going to pick them up because if I was in the drive through to pick up the kids at school, I was going to feel like I was going to pass out. I didn't know what was going to happen. My body was responding so crazily to, at the time, it was anxiety and panic, but I didn't know that. I thought right. it was a physical ailment because I didn't know anything about anxiety or panic. I knew, okay, well, this is a tumor, right? And so it's taking over my body or this cancer is taking over my body. And now I, I you know, whatever. Come and, to, and, and so it's totally debilitating. Completely debilitating. Yeah. Can't, can't take care of your nope. kids and function and just do all the little everyday things that you've taken for granted before. And, and quite honestly, if you ask my younger kids, they were like, wait, what happened? Because I was really good at masking whatever, right? They're at mm. school. That's when I sit on the couch, like scared to turn on a movie, scared for a movie to end. Took a shower in the hose outside because I was scared to be in my shower, which just seems so crazy. So to me, that was a pivotal moment in my life. For sure. So long story short, went through naturopaths and doctors and so many things that I know all helped me. But I feel like the place that I landed that helped me the most was in trauma work. And I ended up um, in Wayne Johnson's chair and start processing my life. And, um, you know, none of us want to say we've had trauma. I have so many people that sit and say, well, you know, my life was pretty good. Like, my life was good. I didn't have any trauma, you know, like. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. That would totally be me. Um, I'm fine. But um, once you decide to that I didn't want to live like this anymore, that I was living at that time, that I would do anything to feel better, I was like, well, I guess I'll just spill it. Even if it sounds ridiculous, I'm going to spill it. Yeah. And it was in that that I realized, wow, there was a scared little girl in there that was worried all the time and had coped all this time with people pleasing and being the life of the party and and all of that. And not that I didn't have joy and enjoy life. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but definitely I didn't know how to deal 
in relationships or how people were feeling, right? All I knew was I was afraid if somebody would lose their mind or something, right? What was that going to mean for me? And then, of course, I had experiences that happened in my life or whatever. So to me, pivotal moment, uh, went through trauma work, probably a good year. It was hard. It's uh, invasive and scary. So vulnerable. Full. There's the word. Very vulnerable. I felt very vulnerable, um, but also the most incredible change in my life. And I think what is so scary about it is that you do kind of have an identity crisis, right? I knew one way to be, and that's this little girl that started so many years ago that made me the woman that I am. But the woman that I am and the little girl weren't working together so well anymore (laughs) because one needed to be a parent. And so not seeing life through that little girl's mind is really scary. Yeah. And and also, I feel like you used the word a couple times of masking. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's something that so many of us do with trauma or with these like responses that we're having internally that we don't really understand, but we mm-hmm. don't want other people to like worry or to judge us or to get like pity or for people to think that we're not capable and confident. And so what we do is we just keep that tucked away. Oh yeah. We don't tell people about it and we start to feel shame about it because we don't want others to like, like, I guess we don't want to be known in that way. We mm-hmm. only want to be known in what we are presenting or projecting to other people. And after a time, that is a really unsatisfying way to live, actually. Absolutely. Well, and you, you know, I started to realize that there were people in my life that that's the part of me that they liked. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wait, where did that person go that just lifts me, that just takes care of me, that just does all this stuff? Like, where is she? Well, that person was still there. Realized you just I didn't have boundaries. Ha- yeah, I had this thing <laughs> called boundaries all of a sudden. I had to learn that word and what that actually meant. It was really easy to see that for other people, not myself. And that with boundaries, you can be loving and kind and giving and, and all of those things. It doesn't have to be this selfish thing. So anyway, ended up doing that. Um, about a year after, I think it, it took me about a year to clear up and just feel normal again in life and kind of reboot and figure out who I was and where I was and fill those gaps, um, I ended up mentoring, having my uh, trauma therapist actually, he trained you. Trained me. Yeah. 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 He allowed me to do, he actually said, I would love for you to learn this work. And so I was like, okay. Actually, I was not okay at first. I thought, Holy cow. <laughs> I don't know. But now, oh my gosh. And I just knew immediately. I was like, if anyone can go through and feel what I felt and then get on the other side of that, whatever their experiences are, I don't care if it's very minute and seems uneventful in their life to like the craziest trauma in the world. We all feel exactly the same, which I know you've probably explained and will continue to explain um, how our how our brain works yeah. um, with trauma same feeling doesn't matter all of us at some point carry that and if i could make or help anyone give anyone the knowledge that i had i wanted to do it and that's what brought me here yeah i remember when i was going through my experiences in the middle of it i thought if there is a way for me to help other people not to feel broken not to feel crazy and to like grab onto some hope that there's a path through what they're experiencing and that they're going to get to the other side of it. Like that's something that feels really meaningful to me. Oh, yeah. I think that too, just like every day when I have people, right, 
going through my chair in my office to see them come in and feel like I have, I'm just going to feel this way forever. Like, you know, this is just who I am now. This is just, you know, this, it's like, no, it isn't. We, we can all be better, feel better. There's a way for everyone to be better and to feel better. That's, that's what's beautiful yeah. about just this life. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more because you like kind of explained where you were before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is very descriptive, but almost like more surface interactions with everybody that you're connecting with everyone just in happy and joyful ways and serving and being of service to people and like kind of being the peacemaker and making things easier for everybody else. And that that was, you know, really could have gone on indefinitely, except you started having all these physical Mm -hmm. complications with it. So tell me, how is your life different now that you've done your trauma processing than it was back then? I realize now that I can't make people happy. Ooh. Are you sure? I'm 100% positive. I, I cannot make anyone else happy. I cannot fix anybody else. Even if I give them a foot rub and I give them five minutes of pure joy and pleasure, that is not going to change their world. Yeah. I think I think that is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my opinion about this, but I feel like that's one of like the single most kind of misunderstandings in friendships and relationships in general is this sense that I have to adapt myself to make somebody else happy. Mm -hmm. And really we have that backwards, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I realized, I think over time you just, for me, I started to realize these people don't really care about me. And, And why would they? Right? Like all I'm offering them is this, I don't want to say superficial because literally it's who I was like, right. and it's who I am. Anyone it's who true. knows me knows I would do anything. If, if I can make you smile and happy, I will. I just don't have to do it to my detriment anymore. Yes. I can actually enjoy a moment and not think this moment is going to stress me out and it's going to be hard and somebody's going to blow up and something bad's going to happen. So I'm going to do everything I can to diffuse the situation. Now I can just go into a situation and go, things are going to happen. So I'm just going to be me. And there's, if there's six people in the room, one person is going to connect with me and, and we will enjoy. They will get to feel that joy that I have brought today. I don't have to give it to everyone hoping that they'll all jump on the same right. train and, and just be happy and not be contentious. For some people, contention is happy. So. Right. Or or it's what they're comfortable with. Exactly. That like stepping outside of that, no matter what kind of like acrobatic song and dance you're doing to try to pull them out of it, that's not the space that they want to be in. Nope. I remember this conversation that we had not very long ago, and I feel like it's so relevant here in this conversation we're having, which is that you don't need to set yourself on fire to keep somebody else warm. Oh. And and I feel like that's such a good balance because I'm a really empathic person too. And I think it can be very hard for people who it's in their nature to not want others to be unhappy, Mm -hmm. to not see hurt and suffering in the world, to feel like we have to give to our own detriment. So I love how you describe that. That's like a really important thing that you learned that that good part and that beautiful part of your nature is still part of your nature but it's just in a way that's more healthy for you, mm-hmm. more centering. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Okay. We have just been able to like talk about really cool stuff. I, I'm, I'm curious because I know that you have worked with so many different clients, everything from people who have had like 
misunderstandings and class presentations in third grade bomb to people that have been involved in sex trafficking. So like this huge range of people that Mm -hmm. you've worked with. What would you say to someone who believes that they have too much stuff or that their trauma is too big to heal? Like basically, what's the point in even trying? First, I would say I'm sorry you feel that way and that nothing is too big. Absolutely nothing. That's why we're here. And not just us. There's a team of people who so many people have so many incredible things to share and to give for healing. And if we just step into it and allow that healing to come, it's all going to encircle you, whether it's trauma integration or natural healing, whatever it is, healing touch, whatever it is, right? That, and, and I guess too, through Integrate Trauma, we have a collaborative of that we're trying to build that because there is always help. Yes. Well, and I think that's part of the reason why we brought our collaborative together to to be able to connect to the professionals in the community because everybody's healing journey is uniquely their own. And that's really beautiful. And I actually think a big source of hope for people Mm -hmm. because if one thing doesn't work for you, I think people use that as evidence that like, see, I knew that I was like, that it was too much and I would never be able to get better. I feel like the bravest thing I see is people that are willing to just give a little bit of hope to the possibility that mm-hmm. there's a path through what they're experiencing. That that like having calm centeredness, feeling safe and good in their body is not something that's only reserved that that's not only reserved for other people, but that they can experience that too. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool thing that people kind of jump into. Okay, there's been a few different things that you have said, and there was a topic that we had talked about initially bringing up today that I have been, uh, I don't know, resisting (laughs) a little bit. And then like five things that you have said reminded me of some of these words that I have written really as a compilation of so many experiences that I have heard as people have come to me and have shared some things. And so it's really in two parts. And so I want to share it and then hear some of your thoughts and feedback. What have you noticed in people? And really it deals with this concept of generational trauma (laughs) and how we don't even realize how much of our beliefs, how we think and feel about ourselves and about the world around us is formed simply by the environment that we were raised in and how that trickles back, right? Because that was formed based on the environment that our parents or caregivers were raised in and back and back and back it goes. And sometimes those patterns can feel the most um, challenging to break down and to believe that that what we're experiencing, that there's another way to feel and believe about something. So I'm going to share with this, and I'm sharing it in the first person. And really, I, I'm hoping through this that I can be a voice. And I think that there's a lot of people that will listen today and, you know, whenever they come in contact with the podcast that will, I'm like, I guess my hope in sharing it is that people will be able to feel themselves a little bit in this story and to recognize that they are okay and that they are not broken or crazy like they may think that they are. So here we go. I have lived with a narrative my entire life that I am too emotional, too sensitive, too much. 
I came to believe that I am difficult to love and difficult to live with. From the time I was small, I was told these things. But as I heal my trauma response and come to understand my own experience, I'm learning who I am without trauma. And you know what? I'm not actually very emotional or reactive anymore. I am coming to understand that all of the things I was told about myself are actually wrong. Those responses and reactions were not core to my nature, spirit, or personality. They were just a response to the dysfunction and abuse I experienced. I was not hard to love. I was just a little girl that wanted to be loved and have her needs met and know that she was okay. But she was instead told she was not okay and that her needs were too much for the adults in her life. My needs were not too much. And as I sit and look at a picture of my toddler self, I just see a little girl. Nothing more, nothing less. When I see her, I want to scoop her up and take her away from the heaviness and confusion that she was feeling and put her in an environment of calm, loving nurture with structure and predictability where she can feel secure and expand and grow. And as I see this in my mind's eye, I can see her with a twinkle in her eye and silliness as she is now free to explore and be curious and connect to the world around her without censoring herself. This is the joy that I want for her. I want her to know that she is good and that there is nothing wrong with her. She is not the reason her mom and dad are unhappy or mad. It is not her job to take care of her mom and dad or to worry that she is the reason they are struggling. The truth is that children don't take care of grown-ups. Ever. It's not their job. I did not make these things happen. All the pain and confusion and sadness was already happening before I came. All of it. There was nothing different about me that made me harder. Nothing. I was just a regular little kid, the same as any other child born into any other family. Some kids are put in families where grown-ups know how to help their kids. Some kids are put in homes where the grown-ups don't really know how to help kids or themselves. It's not because of the kids or the kids' fault. When a grown-up said, you are too emotional or you are being so difficult, what that actually means is when a child needs something, I don't know what to do or how to help them. So all I know how to do is say that the upset child is too much. What they mean is that they don't know what to do. But what I heard was that I am the problem. And that's not true. It's not even a little bit true. All children are happy and sad and silly and playful and angry and loud and frustrated and hungry and tired. All of them. This is normal. I was told that I was not allowed to be a lot of those things. I was told that those things were wrong and too much and that I needed to become smaller and quieter. I was not allowed to be myself or to learn about what I liked and didn't like, to try things, make mistakes. I was limited and, limited and constrained as if I was wrapped up in a rope to stop parts of me from existing. I was asked to hide parts of myself as if they were bad or shameful because the grown-ups didn't know how to take care of me when I was that way. The parts they said were bad are not bad or wrong. They said that because their parents told them that and their grandparents told them and back and back and back. Everyone was wrong. They just didn't understand. So this whole family of grown-ups was very, very confused about what children and grown-ups are allowed to be. So after all of this time of lies and believing that I have to hide parts of myself, I understand the truth. I am normal. I am allowed to be happy and calm and silly and loud and cranky and sad and angry and frustrated and hungry and tired. I'm allowed to prefer some things and not like others. This is a normal part of being a child and a grown-up. Normal. I am free. 
I can start figuring out what I like and don't like, and I can start to have emotions without feeling guilty or bad about them. Okay, as I shared that with you this time, Julie, what were some of the thoughts that came to mind from some of the experiences that you've observed? First and foremost, I wish everyone could relate to their or connect with their inner child the way that you do. You seriously are the guru of uh, bonding and attachment. Um, We can all learn so much more about that. Um, And honestly, when we get someone in the chair, I feel like, or when I get someone in the chair, I feel like that's what I want put across so much, right, is the biggest, the biggest thing I want them to take away is I can connect with this child just like I can any other child, right? Mm -hmm. Just any real child, my little brother, my nephew, my niece, right? My little sister. But there's a child in you that needs that parent. Mm -hmm. And I love that your child, that this child was able to free themselves from everything that has brought them to where they are today. So this, this personal child of yours, like I can't, you can't help it. You just want to go up and just squeeze her and go, is that what you get? You finally get it. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything. You were just a cute little girl. And, and are you hungry? Let's go get some food. Right. Right. Are you tired? Let's go lay down and watch a show or let's just, just that. Right. And the generational part of that. I love that none of us, well, no one is a perfect parent. For sure. In fact, (laughs) it was so interesting as I was collecting and I've shared this with several people. And it's amazing how even though this is one person's story, each one of us or the people that I shared it with, there were pieces of it that they were like, that is exactly my yeah. my experience. That's exactly what I have felt. And so that tells me that this is a thread that so many of us are experiencing, but also that I can see it so clearly in how I parented initially my children. Like, When someone were to ask me the same question that I asked you, which is what in your life is different now compared to before you had done your trauma, I would say top three things, one of those three is my parenting. Mm -hmm. It's dramatically different than it used to be. And part of that, like, like I can have compassion for the young mother that I was because I was working, I wanted, I tried so hard. I was trying so hard, but I knew I wasn't getting it right. Like I'm a pediatric nurse and I was before I became a mother. So I knew that there were things that like were not going well for my kids (laughs) developmentally. And I just didn't have the skills and resources to know how to do it better. Plus I had all of this trauma response that was making me reactive. And so it was this terrible catch 22 because I could feel that things weren't how they should be, but I didn't really have the support and resources to transform it Mm -hmm. into what it is today. So I think one of the more interesting challenges for me has been to learn to have grace for my younger self, not just the cute toddler or the 10-year-old, but for the 25-year-old mom, Mm -hmm. right? And to be able to see that with grace, even though I can see how that generational trauma as much as I didn't want it to spill forward, it did a little bit spill forward into my kids. It's interesting because I think always growing up, I was always that kid that's like, when I'm 16, when I'm 18, when I'm a mom, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's going to be better then. Mm-hmm. Everything's because I can do this and right. I'm going to make this better and I'm going to do this different, right? And then I'll be in charge. And then and I'm in I charge. can create something totally different. My kids are going to be perfect because <laughs> they won't experience anything I did, right? I'm going to shield them from everything. And it's so interesting now to have adult children, right? 
they don't appreciate at all the nice, quiet, beautiful life that was, I mean, they do, but they really don't understand it the way that the emotional child inside me understands it, right? So I make this home, right, with no contention and with love and joy and honesty and um, you can share and be who you are, right? Yeah. Like predictability, perfect. Um, they don't know any different than that. So they don't appreciate it, right? So once again, not a perfect parent <laughs> because I didn't do this other thing, right? right? Or whatever they saw over here. And so that was like super interesting for me, which thankfully had been through my trauma work. And then I didn't have some crazy trigger, like this child inside of me that lashed out at my children because they didn't, they don't appreciate, right? But I look at that generational, right? Like I look at like, if you take like my grandfather and um, we'll do a hypothetical, he's in a, in a crazy abusive home. So then when he has his children, his children are going to be in this wonderful environment. But that environment that he creates maybe is just a step down from the crazy trauma that he had, right. but it was still traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. But but he's a perfect parent because he's not his parents, right? right? And then that trickles down then to my parents, right? And then so we're not going to do what they did because, you know, or whatever. So that generational stuff just keeps blah, blah, right. blah, right? And so... How do we change that? What can we do better? And I think it is just, it is an internal growth, right? An internal healing within us that now I can explain to my children, right? Because now I am open and I, as, as much as I can, I, I always be on the healing journey. None of us ever claim to be healed, Done. right? Um, I'm to today, I guess I'll say, um, and then we'll see what tomorrow brings. But being able now to explain that to my children, right? As I see things and go, wow, so interesting and share with them, right? Like I did this and I raised you this way out of my worry and fear and all of these things. So I just passed that down in a different way to you, right? right? Like instead of, and so maybe pay attention to that and look at that in your own life so you don't take that and right. go with it. Like hopefully they learn from, for me. Well, and, and and it's so interesting because I remember thinking when I was like parenting, I was so intentional and it was almost like I, and part of my generational trauma was feeling shame about who I was, right? But also that I knew I wanted to create something different. And so I kind of tabled myself so that I could create something for my kids mm -hmm. through stability, through whatever, right? Through like, I don't know, whatever framework that I was picturing in my head. And the, and so, and it just was always leading to frustration because I'm trying to create this thing while tabling my internal responses, my needs, my health and like progression in terms of healing and working through those experiences. I was like, well, yes, I can see how at some point maybe that could be done, but what really matters is my kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put all my focus on them and making this better for them. And it has kind of been this, revolu this revolutionary idea to me that the best thing that I've ever done for my kids is pause and do my own internal work. That by doing my internal work and really like getting down in the trenches of it and getting really vulnerable and healing that pain and that reactiveness and those responses, even though 
like in the moment real time, it kind of probably looked like I was neglecting them a little because I had to be so emotionally focused on processing what I was doing. They had great support, right? I have a great husband and a great community that stepped up to help them, but it was very counterintuitive for me because it felt like a super selfish thing that I was doing to like step away from the constant push that I shoved on myself to be creating a better life for my kids. And yet the greatest thing I ever did for them was to take care of my own internal stuff because now I can show up as a parent in a dramatically different way for them. And I have created not just like this picture of like safety and security and a loving family, but actually that's what we experience real time is that we all can feel like secure and anchored in one another because it's real and it includes all of our struggles and all of our things. We're not just taking only the best parts of ourselves and putting that together to create a family. Mm-mm. We're being a family with who we all actually are. Right. Well, and it's a two-way street, right? Because my wonderful, perfect husband that I absolutely love, he brings whatever he has into that too. So the kids are getting it from, they're getting two generations of, well, of fun. For sure. Um, yeah. I just, first of all, I love to listen to you because you always explain things so perfectly. Oh my gosh, I, I was it. just thinking that about no, no. hearing you talk about your experiences. No, it's, but I was, I mean, I do have to say, because I know your children, it's incredible, like on this end of it now, right? Like, because I was with you through all that really hard time and to see like knowing what your kids, right, have chosen in their life and where they're going and who they are, finding out and being honest about who they are that all comes from all that work you did. So like it it ended up being like the perfect thing and exactly what needed to happen, right? Yeah. It also made me think that like the generational stuff, I think continues to circle its way in. Like I still have weeks, right? Where I'm like all of a sudden that those, all the, um, the person that I became through all the generational stuff or just through my life, right? That those insecurities still will pop up here and there. I'm just, and I think, I mean, it happens quite often, (laughs) you know, we'll go to lunch and I'm like, so here's this thing that's really like where I really screwed up. Right. And it's like, but I love that what trauma integration has done for me is it put that tool in my belt where I don't have to go on some month or year long thing of I'm a disappointment. I'm all these things. I did all this stuff. I can, you know, quickly sweep it up, sweep it back up take the right channels, work through the right things and get back on track, which I feel like I'm doing probably on a constant basis, at least once a month. I mean, isn't that normal? Is that life? I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Well, yes. And I can totally see that not only in you, but in me too. Like that feels so familiar to me because what used to be maybe this feeling of despair that I'm failing my kids or that whatever could be something that would drag on and on and on. And I'd be in this sort of like pit of despair and self-loathing for extended periods of time. And now when things like that crop up, I think it's human. Mm -hmm. I think it's human for like decades of patterns of thought to pop up, but it usually doesn't take very long, less than half a day for me to recognize it and be like, oh, So actually, this thought is actually not true Mm -hmm. about me, about what's really happening. It's popped up because something made it pop up. So what do I need to do to meet that need to kind of like soothe or settle down 
that insecurity that has come up. I call it get there faster because I have to think of my husband who's probably listening. And, you know, he'll I'll say like two days later, right? Oh, so I was with Michelle and she said this and now I get it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I told you that two days ago. <laughs> and it's so true. Like get there faster. Right. You know, like, so now that that's happened a couple or several times, right? I do listen mm-hmm. and I try to process that quicker with with what he says. I mean, he is my my home base, right? He's the one I'm talking to the most every single day, all the time. And sometimes you take that for granted, right? Like there was the words of wisdom coming in and I didn't, I wasn't in a place to listen right there, right? Where I want to be. Even though it's great for me to go and have lunch with you and then, you know, we do our trauma work at the table. <laughs> That's true. a great way to process it too. But like, okay, get there faster. Like, well, and I think you just bring up this really beautiful point how differently I I, I deal with things and I know you do too because mm-hmm. I think that those thoughts that I would have about myself, those were like, like I wouldn't talk to people about that. It, it like may come out when I was like talking to my husband because I was so upset and I was like, I'm just the worst. I don't know why you're staying with me. Like, you know, all of these self-loathing thoughts that would come. But just generally speaking, I would not share those struggles with other people because those were the parts I didn't show to people. Those are shameful things that we keep hidden where now I understand that there's so much that we can learn and understand from one another and that sharing what I'm learning as I'm learning it with people around me not only helps me, but it helps them too. And we see ourselves in one another's healing journeys and we can kind of like I don't know. I just think of it as this beautiful process. Like I'm just cheering everyone on. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm literally rooting for you. Yeah. Like, like, like it's not like a competition. It is a joint journey. And I'm so thrilled when other people around me, whether it's you or one of my kids or one of my clients or another friend in a different form who's not even connected to trauma work, when they are like sharing with me their struggles and how they like found a path through it. I'm just thrilled for them. Me too. And so, therefore, I share that more. And I think that because of that, maybe one of the other things that I've seen that's different in my life now than it was before, like, yes, some of my relationships are different. There are some friendships that have dropped away, but I've gained some other friendships. And what I've noticed is that the friendships that I have now feel so much more secure Mm -hmm. and that no matter what I come to the table at lunch and share, like with you or with my husband or with whoever, I know that I'm going to be met with grace Mm -hmm. and compassion. And it's like a model for how we need to meet ourselves Mm -hmm. with that grace and compassion too. Yeah. I, that's how I know that little girl inside me is healed because that little girl would have been so afraid to bring up something with someone, right? Well, what if that was going to go wrong? What if that triggered them? What if that upset them? What if they, right? Like mm-hmm. that little girl has been put to bed or out playing or whatever she's doing and Julie's showing up. The adult Julie is showing up and saying, hey, so this is what what's going on with me. What do you think about that? And I'm not worried about where that's going to go or where that's going to lead, mostly because I've learned who to put in my life where. True. Right. Like, so those are the boundaries we set up is that I probably tried to share those at different times, but with the wrong, in the wrong instance, right? In the wrong environment. Yeah. So one of the things that we teach in the um, education stuff that we do is we're preparing people who want to 
do the work that we're doing, which is to help guide people to process their trauma and to really see themselves as they really are, not just to assess themselves based on how they've had to adapt, right? Mm-hmm. That that in, in that training program, one of the things we talk about is trust because people have to rebuild trust in being able to share with other people and being willing to, you know, lean into some of those things. But it's like to wisely trust. Yeah. Like we're going to be very wise that not everybody is ready or able to support us in all of the pieces. Mm-hmm. But you find your tribe. You really do. I think, too, that's what I notice is as I have clients come in, how do you not have this incredible bond with them and relationship with each one? because I, I I really don't take on any of their stuff, right? Like I don't, um, I just, it's so incredible to listen and then just watch them start to blossom and see, oh my gosh, this is all I needed. Oh, this is how this was, right? But it's a safe space that I believe that trauma integration has provided for me is an ability to put people in a safe sp- space so that they're able to get through whatever these things are that are ailing them. And you do bond with them. And sometimes it's funny because they're like, I think, what would Julie think? Or what if Julie was here right now? Or I wish I could go be with Julie. And it's not Julie at all. It's it's that tool. It's the process. It's, you know, it's that safe space. Yes. And, and that safe space is truly created by them. A hundred percent. Because it's, I feel like the magic, if you will, of the process is people learning about who they really are. Mm-hmm. It's like all of this trauma is becomes debris that gets in the way of them seeing who they really are. And so it feels like this huge discovery when they find this out, but it was there the whole it time. It was there the whole time. Like all of that strength, all of that intuition. And, you know, I think it's funny and it may be interesting or helpful for people who are sitting on the other side of the chair to hear this perspective, because I feel pretty confident you feel the same way, but you can let me know, mm-hmm. is that I think a lot of people feel like, oh man, what is she going to think of me? Yes. Because I'm sharing this vulnerable thing. I'm sharing this thing that I've never said out loud to anybody else. Here's my secret shame. Here's what I'm super worried about. And I've never told anybody else. And I think that there's a there's a fear there. Like, what are people going to think of me? And the truth is, I feel nothing but love. Love mm-hmm. and compassion, and I just am cheering them on the whole, t- like the whole way, and that may be a surprise to people to hear that. It is. It's interesting because I mean, generally they will say, "I have never said this to anyone before," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I feel like I want to tell you, and I'm like, "Great!" It's because they've put themselves in that safe space, knowing. I mean, yes, I've provided that safe space, and you know, if you know me, I don't have guile. I'm not judging because I am wildly imperfect. I like to call myself perfectly imperfect, actually. <laughs> but I don't know, like you do, you sit there and it's just like, just tell me. I mean, I think it is a feeling, right? It's just, it's the feeling that we're putting out there, which is I'm here just to love you. And and I'm excited to hear yep. your wild story because I've heard lots of wild stories. So let's add to my repertoire right. That's right. <laughs> because let's go. Let, let's just add one more really crazy story to my book because I'm not writing a book. Don't worry. But You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I love to hear because then, you know, selfishly, I get to see the healing that happens, right? When once they share and they move through it, I get to see that smile on their face. I get to see the anxiety gone. I get to see like just life happen again for them and their life start to change and feel so good. 
Yes. I, I mean, like, sadly, it's very selfish, but I love it. I do too. In fact, I've often had people ask me, like, how do you do that? Isn't it so heavy? Yeah. How do you do that all the time hearing these hard, heavy things from people? And I tell them genuinely, when I finish a session, I feel energetic. Mm-hmm. I feel uplifted. I feel optimistic about the world. I feel hope because I've literally been able to see before my very eyes a transformation of pain or self-loathing or confusion into hope and confidence and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely feel like I get to see miracles unfold before me. I do too. Almost every day. Um, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm um, being a little prompted to say something. Um, I think, and this could be a whole nother podcast, um, not necessarily with me, but um, I think that when and when it does, every great once in a while, when things aren't great at the end of a session and that that lift isn't there, that's where we get into, right, more the personality disorders or um, narcissism or so many other things, right, um, which can take it a whole nother, you know, right. path. But there's 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 hope and healing in all things. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know why I just felt like not, not to like bring it down because it's well, not like down, but. I think it's a good point, too, for people to understand that there are many tools that are in your healing toolbox mm-hmm. and that there are many pieces and parts to your journey. And, you know, for many people, this process of trauma integration is very, is a huge relief mm-hmm. for them and really propels them like fast along their healing journey. And for some people, they need more support and resources than that. Someone who can really help them understand because, you know, these these personality disorders overwhelmingly develop mm-hmm. because of their trauma experience. Exactly. And so it's not something that they should feel shame about. It's something oh, no. that they can recognize that there are therapists who are professionals at that specifically, and they can help you understand what you're experiencing, how you've been adapting, and how to transform that. Absolutely. I think that's it, is it's like there's not really a downer in anything. The truth is, is that we all can have joy, give joy, have healing. Yeah. Right? Like, there, there isn't a person out there that doesn't, I just, I guess we don't all live on this perfect cloud that trauma works just going to make us all perfectly healthy and happy. So I just wanted to make sure that like, oh, yes, well, forms of it will, but obviously the journeys are different for everyone and there's right. things that come in the way. But. For sure. And I think it can be really um, discouraging for some people if they feel like, well, I've tried this or I've tried this and it didn't work. One of the things that I love is, you know, I'm I've got two kids that are young adults. And so they're just figuring out the world. And sometimes they can be really hard on themselves when they get something wrong. And I'm like, you know what? You just learned that that thing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So now the next time, do it different. Yeah. Or I don't like it that way or that doesn't work for me. So now when I'm going to try something new, and I think that that kind of the process of recognizing it as I'm learning my body. I'm learning about what works for me. And if one thing isn't working for you, that doesn't mean nothing can give you help and support. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I, love and that. I think um, if we go back to just where I was saying, like, I didn't just see one doctor. I didn't just see one naturopath. I didn't just see one therapist. Like I went through many and very well could have given up. And, and my journey wasn't to give up. 
right? And whatever that looks like, whatever give up looks like. But but now I look back and I realize that every single experience that I had and person I saw gave me a little piece of what I needed for my full healing. Yeah, there was there was no um, accidents in, in anyone's chair or in any office that I showed up in. I gained something from every single one of them that then helped me in this to be where I am right now. Yes, and so yeah, I, it takes a village because everything. Every experience we have helps us to understand something about ourselves. Right. Even if it's understanding that that's not going to help me move forward. Mm-hmm. Now I understand better. Yeah. And I can like move forward with that. I think just that general mindset is something that um, previous generations like just didn't have the understanding to sort of give that to their kids. Right. To give them permission to not get it right. Mm-hmm. And that it's not like a disaster. It is not the end of the world. It's just another day being yeah. human. And that's fine. Absolutely. Tomorrow, try something different and see how that works. Okay. I want to close. I thought it might be interesting to continue this writing. I have an open letter to parents and caregivers. And I thought that that, that it was kind of interesting. And, it, and, and, and it's always like double-edged for me because I feel it um, with my clients and, you know, kind of that compilation of different people's experience as, as the child, but then also being a parent too, and how I've had to learn from both pieces of the puzzle, both sides of the table, that these things are true. So here is the open letter to caregivers. You have been through trauma. No one should have been through what you've been through. Starting from the moment you were born, you've been living a life of uncertainty, conditional love, and pain, and you never deserve that. And I know you don't want to think about it. You might even want to pretend that it never happened, and I understand. But I'm here to tell you that it's affecting you. It's affecting the way that you are parenting and the way that you see and respond to your child. Although you didn't create these things inside of you, they are still there. The only way to stop them is for you to feel it and heal it. Until you do that, You will continue to spread your pain to everyone around you, and it will never stop flowing until you find where it's coming from inside yourself. Your child is not too much. Your child is not too emotional or sensitive, and little ones are allowed to cry to get their needs met. Children don't cry all the time unless something is wrong or they're not getting their needs met. It doesn't mean they're being difficult. It means they need help, and they're asking for it in the only way that they know how. It's not okay to try to... Limit the emotions they are feeling or the boisterousness of their spirit. There's nothing wrong with those things, and it's not okay for you to make them feel and believe that there is something wrong with them. You are telling them a lie when you tell them that they are too much. All too much means is that you don't have the skills or understanding to know how to respond in this moment. And that's probably because no one knew how to love and parent you. And I have compassion for that, but we're not going to let it continue. Your parents and their parents may have taught you that it's okay to blame children for your problems, but you are now a grown adult, so you own your own problems. Children are not making your life worse. They're not built to make things more hard. They're just being children. And even though your parents didn't believe it, the truth is that children are messy. They are physically messy and they're emotionally messy, and that is normal. And it is a parent's and grandparent's responsibility to love the child no matter how messy it gets. Your job is not to make your child what they should be. Your job is to love your child for who they actually are. And you have and and you have to let them experience life and learn for themselves what they like or don't like. You might do it differently. And that's why you get to choose for yourself and everyone else gets to choose for themselves. 
You don't get to choose for anyone else because you are not a king or queen that gets to make laws about what others do. You are just a person living your life and you have been trying to control others through manipulation, shame, or fear. And it's time to be done with that. I love that. So those were some of the thoughts that I had through both experiences that I've learned as a mother, but also through experiences that I realized how much I internalized about my parents' struggle that it somehow meant I was the problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was difficult. Or I can fix it. Or that now I need to fix it because obviously I'm the one that's making this hard. Mm -hmm. So now that's on me. Yeah. I've got to figure that out. And honestly, that's just too heavy for any child. It is. It's too much. Okay, Julie, I want to know before we close out, if there was something that you could magically make it so that everybody just understood, what would it be? What is something that you just wish everybody could understand? It doesn't have to be like the one most important thing, just something. Um, For me, it is, and this started so far back to me. For me, I think I was like 19 and I went to this thing called Omega Vector. Okay. Maybe I'm putting something out there for them. I don't know. But it was, I think in that moment was life-changing for me. Um, It was the first time that I had heard about my inner child and and what that meant, Mm -hmm. right? Or my emotional child. Um, at the time, it was one child right. um, that they that that they talked about, and and it was a connection weekend to your inner child, and I didn't really understand the just how incredible that was until now. Those emotional children, those inner children, if we can connect with them, and we can love them and heal them, it would change the world. Period. End of story. Yeah, this world is full of emotional children running it. And I think we see that on a daily basis. It's, you know, I, I tell, you know, from nine to 18, right, when, whenever I, I do trauma work with them and they get this understanding of emotional children, they're like, oh my gosh, my dad acts like he is a 10-year-old throwing a tantrum every time this happens or that happens or my mom does, you know, right? Totally. It is like, I mean, we can take that to politics and to everything else, right? Like, the um, we have this really smart adult part of us that has all this knowledge, but then we have this child that comes in and runs the show for us. And so I, I guess, yeah, period, end of story. If we can truly know those children inside us and have a desire to heal them and take the time to do so, it would change the world. Mm, I love that so much. Okay, Julie, you do work in your everyday life when you're not sitting in a radio studio recording a podcast, your everyday work is working with clients one-on-one doing trauma integration coaching. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Facebook, My Healing Within. I'm JMG Consulting. Mm-hmm. And then also... <laughs> of course, you asked me that when I don't have a card in front I know. of me. <laughs> I'm like, and then also your website is www.myhealingwithin.com and you can book sessions like right on your website, yeah, which I love. Yeah. And so you're local here in Chandler, Arizona, but you work with people virtually all... All over the world. All, all well, over the, I wouldn't say all over the world yet. All over the country, for All sure. over the country, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, before we close, is there anything else that you would like to say that you haven't had a chance to say yet? No, this has been an awesome experience. Thanks for having me. Julie, I love it. So I'd like to thank Julie for joining us today. Thank you for being here. And also, if you enjoy these conversations, don't forget to follow, rate, and review us on your podcast platform. It really helps other listeners to find us. Thank thank you listeners for joining us on Mind Well Today, the podcast that introduces you to exceptional 
individuals that are developing powerful, mindful connections. Thank you for listening to another episode of MindWell. We are sponsored by Trauma Integration, LLC, a company passionate about helping people understand their trauma response and find wholeness within. You can find out more at www.integratetrauma.com. Thank you.